the 50-day adventure wasn't supposed to be, you know, done after 50 days. Well, the 50-day adventure, but it was supposed to be a, a kickoff, hopefully for a life of an adventure with Jesus. Really, it should have been called a, maybe a 50-year adventure, at least for me. I hope I have 50 years of adventure left. Who knows, that would make me 86. That'd be good. Maybe you have another 40 50 years, 80 years of an adventure. But the point is that we shouldn't stop here. This adventure that we're on should never end. We also shouldn't get content or satisfied or comfortable or complacent because if you get satisfied and complacent in an adventure, then the adventure is over. You know, when my wife and I got married, we... uh, you know, talked a lot about what this would be like and, and what, what we want to accomplish in our marriage. And one thing that my wife said to me very early, probably even before we got married, kind of startled me. See, I came from a marriage that was unbelievably good and loving and harmonious. I hardly ever saw my parents fight. And, and there was just a lot of love and affection in the home and just a great example. But I always thought marriage works by itself. Because, because I, I just thought be so harmonious and, and awesome. But my wife came from a family that was really dysfunctional. And she knew what, <laughs> what can happen in a marriage. And she told me back then, she said, Christian, you need to be committed to always work on this marriage. And I was like, what is she talking about? That just kind of works, you know. And you know what? She was right. For a marriage to be an adventure, for our marriage to be an adventure and all that it can be, both my wife and I need to constantly be committed to working on it. And it's the same for our adventure with God. It's something that we need to be committed to day in and day out. I read a, a great quote in a book called Jesus Calling where the author paraphrases the Bible verse where Jesus says, um, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross. Pick up your cross and follow me. And he, he summarized it or paraphrased it like this. It says, in order to follow me wholeheartedly, you must relinquish your tendency to play it safe. And that's what this adventure is about, that we relinquish the tendency in our walk with Jesus to play it safe. That we get off the bench, that we get on the field, and that we start taking risks with him. So we want to celebrate today. We want to celebrate those of you that took a risk. We want to celebrate the risks that you took, the steps that you took with him. And, and before we get there, I want to share a few thoughts from a Bible verse with you that talks about and summarizes again why we, we did this as a church, why we decided to go on a 50-day adventure. And that Bible verse is in Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11. Let's read that together. Paul writes this to the Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. There's several points in here, several reasons why we're on this adventure and why we should celebrate. First of all, we want to celebrate that this is a continued adventure. That this adventure doesn't stop today when our 50-day initiative ends. What I love in here, what it says in verse 6, actually let me start in verse 5 again, because of your partnership in the gospel, from, this, from the first day until now being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, when, when you started your adventure, and I'm not talking about 50 days ago, I'm talking about the day that, that those of you that are followers of Jesus decided to start following Jesus. Because your adventure started the day that you decided, say, Jesus, I want to follow you for the rest of my life. But what's interesting is you didn't start that adventure. This verse clearly says that, that Jesus started that adventure with you. That day when you decided to follow him, Jesus started taking you on his adventure. From this day, and then it says, he who began, and he will also carry it on to completion. Jesus started this adventure with you, and he will complete it with you. But somehow we're involved, and there is this, this awkward balance in Scripture that is, is really hard to understand and, and even harder to explain. But there is God's sovereignty, and then there is our responsibility. See, God draws you to himself, but you have to accept that. Jesus does the work in us, but you and I need to allow it. You and I need to put ourselves in a place where Jesus can work in us. And that's why we did this 50-day adventure. To help you and me, give us a tangible help to put us in a position where Jesus can work on our hearts. To put us in a position where we can get to know him on a much, much deeper level. And then it says here that this will continue until the day of Christ. You know what that means? That means this, this adventure will never end. The day of Christ is talking about when we will actually see Jesus face to face, which, which will be when, we, when we're done on this earth and we'll move on to our reality with him. It means your adventure with Jesus, Jesus' work in your life is never going to be completed in this life. It will continue on. And it takes a lifetime. See, God, God isn't done with us. God isn't even done with Dave Nelson yet. He's not done with Andy Marshall or with me. And this is good news for all your wives. God isn't done with your husbands. <laughs> all right? This continues on if we put ourselves in a place where we allow Jesus to work and where we can receive that. I want to read another Bible verse with you. We won't have it up on the screen. It's in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live in him, and then be overflowing with thankfulness. That's the celebration. See, celebration is, is pretty much always a, a, an expression of thankfulness for what God has done in our lives. And by the way, 
The Bible is full of celebrations. God constantly tells his people to celebrate, and it's almost always a remembrance, a memory of, of what God has done in their life that's being celebrated. So this, this celebration, this adventure is, continues. It goes on, and it, it doesn't end. It takes, a, it takes a lifetime. And I want you to know that every step along that way, along that path, is worth celebrating. Every little step you take with Jesus is worth celebrating. The second reason to celebrate is, is that there's progress in our lives. Let's go back to the Philippians passage. Philippians chapter 1. In verse 9 he says, This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. That your love may abound more and more, that you would grow in knowledge and insight. You see, we need, to, we need to grow in knowledge so that we can know what to love, and we need to grow in insight so that we can know how to love. Continuity alone isn't enough. There needs to be some kind of progress, a, 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 a going deeper with Jesus, a deeper understanding of him, a deeper knowledge of him. See, doing something over and over again, just continuing on something without progress isn't, isn't a whole lot of fun, is it? Progress needs to be there. Our love needs to grow for Jesus and for others. And then out of that knowledge of Jesus comes greater insight so that we can make the right choices, that we can be blameless. And it's not our choices that make us blameless. It's, it's our love for Jesus. The choices are just evidence of our love for Jesus and our growing relationship with him. Our choices are evidence that, that God's grace is working in our lives. But there needs to be progress. And again, progress comes, it comes back to our first point. Bro- progress can only happen if we put ourselves in a position to grow. See, you can, you can have a gym membership, but that won't do you any good unless you go there, Right? I just went again for the first time this week after three months. A gym membership doesn't do you any good unless you put yourself in a position where it actually brings progress. There's a great verse in Hebrews 5 verse 12 that talks about that. It says, in fact, though by, this is what the writer of Hebrews writes to the, to the people. It says, though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. What he's saying here is that if you've been a follower of Jesus for for a certain amount of time... There should be progress in your life. There should be evidence that you're growing closer with Jesus. It should be evidenced in your life. There should be maturity. There should be a deeper walk with him, a better knowledge and understanding of him that that shows itself in your life. See, it would be a problem if my 11-year-old son, Casey, would still need me to put a bib on him and and would need me to feed him and clean his mouth. That that would be an issue, I think. You know, for... (laughs) For my three-year-old son, Kobe, that's okay because he's learning. He's three years old. 
See, for, for me as a 36-year-old adult who's been married for 14 years, it would be a problem if I didn't know that my dirty laundry shouldn't go on the bathroom or bedroom floor. That's a bad example, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, the, the point is, if you've been following Jesus for, for a number of years, but you're still at the same place that you were when you first started, that your understanding of him hasn't grown, that your love for him hasn't grown, that your maturity in how to, how to live that life out hasn't grown, then there is an issue. And that's why we did the 50-day adventure initiative. You know, I like to look at the 50-day adventure as a, as a jumper cable. You ever got stuck with your car? Battery empty? You know, and that happens spiritually too, doesn't it? Our battery gets empty. And we're just kind of stuck. And that's why I like to think of this as a jumper cable. Where we come along and we, we put a jumper cable on, give, give you a jump start. An opportunity to, to start over. Maybe the spark is gone. And, and this 50-day adventure was a, was a new spark to your spiritual life. Where you could identify some areas that, that needed attention. That needed growth. And you were able to, to jump start that and make some progress. Progress is important, but I also want you to know that progress always comes with plateaus. And sometimes progress even comes with, with a step back. And I can just tell you that in my life, I have seen those times where there seemed to be a plateau, where there seemed to be no progress for a while. Where maybe it even, it even seemed to regress that, that God felt more distant than at other times. That often those times were the times when God well, the, the times that God used to grow me the most. The times that when I came through, I realized, man, I needed to learn this. To grow. And often these times come before a growth spurt. You know, if you think of a, a, uh, a chart for a stock, you know, it never just goes up, does it? <laughs> we wish. You know, it goes up and, and it goes down a little and, and it goes back up. The important thing for our spiritual life is, that there is progress, that there is continued progress, that we are moving in the right direction and that we don't let those times of seeming plateauing discourage us. And what's important is that, that every step on this way we celebrate the progress that we are making, the progress that we're making in, in knowing Jesus more, in growing closer to him. You know, we do that in life naturally. You know, if you have a baby and, and that baby all of a sudden takes, takes the first steps. I mean, if you could see, you know, if we could see ourselves, we just go all gaga about a baby taking the first step. We go, yay, great, and we celebrate that. And we, we do that all along life. We celebrate the little steps, the little steps of progress. In sports, we do that all the time. In, in baseball or football, we don't just celebrate great victories and championships, do we? When I watch my South Carolina Gamecocks, I celebrate every sack. I celebrate every reception, every great run. I celebrate you know, every offensive and defensive accomplishment. There's so many things to celebrate along the way to a small victory. And maybe sometimes greater things. But we celebrate little things all the way in our life. But somehow we don't do that so much spiritually. And we just want to do that this morning. Celebrate the little steps that you and I took on this 50-day adventure. And we want to celebrate three things. We want to celebrate the people. We want to celebrate you, all of you that, that took a step. And by the way, 
if you haven't done it yet, if you haven't gone and taken the assessment, and you can still do that. And I want to encourage you to do that. Um, and do it again if you've done it. To do it six months later and see what the results will be. So we want to celebrate the people that have, have made the, the intentional decision. Say, okay, I, I want to grow. I want to know the areas that I, that I need to grow and the areas that need addressing. We want to celebrate you. And then, and more importantly, we want to celebrate God. In this passage in, in uh, Philippians 1, at the very end, in verse 11, it says this. I'll start in verse 10, chapter 1, verse 10. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. See, all the progress that we might make, all the spiritual progress that we might make is awesome. And we want to celebrate that, but really who deserves celebration and praise is God. Because he's the one that brings the growth. Yeah, we put ourselves, we have a responsibility. We put ourselves in that position and we want to celebrate that choice. But then we want to celebrate God who brings about the growth. He, he deserves the celebration. He deserves the glory and he deserves the praise. So we want to celebrate the people. We want to celebrate God who brings the growth. And then thirdly, what we, what we want to celebrate is the coming together of the two. We want to celebrate the fact that people and God are coming together in partnership, bringing about growth. It says here in, uh, in Philippians 1, what uh, Paul praised, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until on, there is a partnership between us and God. We share in God's grace. So that's what we want to celebrate this morning. And I, I have a few helpers um, to help us celebrate that. Representing those of you that, that have gone on this adventure, I want to ask four people to come up on stage and just share a little bit about their adventure here in these last 50 days and what it has meant to them. Um, Mindy and David, if you guys um, could come up. Is Dave, David here? Yeah, great. Um, Steve Sinclair and Sarah Stanley. If you guys could come up here real quick, that'd be great. Oh, here, let me take this. <laughs> yes, they all come. Steve, why don't you take this? Thank you. All right, you guys, have a seat. Thank you. All right, all of you went on the 50-day adventure, didn't you? Maybe introduce yourself really quick before we go on. I'm David York. I am Mindy York. They're together. <laughs> Sarah Stanley. Steve Sinclair. All right. So, first of all, I would like to ask you guys, why did you decide to go on this 50-day adventure? Why did you decide to take the assessment? Well, I, I like the, uh, the thought of uh, setting a specific time aside and really analyzing um, where I stood with God. I knew the area I was going to be weak in, but you know, it was, I still wanted to take it so I could quantify it and then figure out how to work on it. Okay. What about you, Mindy? Uh, I'm a goal-oriented person, and I like the idea of a challenge to meet a goal. Okay. So, kind of the same as Dave. All right. I pretty much did it because 
we are, we are asked to do it as a church. Nice. To be honest. People actually do what we say. <laughs> awesome. Uh, me too. I'm, I'm with uh, I'm with Sarah on that. I did it because the church wanted us to, and I've been a Christian for I don't know, 20 years and wanted to pick it up a little bit. Okay. Then what was the area that that you decided to address, or what was the area that you know maybe was lowest, and were you surprised by that, or was the result pretty much? And you already said you knew what it was, and what was it? Well, I, I in looking at the categories, I, I like studying uh, about God, reading theology. I enjoy people and relationships, and I love serving. But I knew it was going to be the regular practice of of time with God. You know okay. that I like to just go, go, go. I think it's my ADD in me. I like to constantly be moving, and the, and stopping each day and spending time with God has always been a struggle for me. Okay. So that so, wasn't a surprise for me. So practices was what was weakest. Yeah, regular and you practices. knew that was what gonna. Come yeah. On. All right. My weak area was evangelism. Like Dave, I knew that that's what it would be. Okay. Um, just because where I am in life, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and really the only people I interact with are long-term friends and uh, family. I'm not including checking the status updates of my Facebook friends <laughs> as as any kind of significant interaction. Okay. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, I picked daily practices both basically because I didn't know very much about God and the Bible and had never really cracked that book open before and had very little knowledge. Okay, great. Yep. So uh, my weak area is uh, was and still is service, so I've made a commitment to try to do a little bit to get involved more at K2. Okay, so we'll, we'll continue with you, Steve. Okay. What, what, did you um, what steps did you decide to take after you got the results and the, you know, the page with possible steps? What, what steps did you decide to take in that area? Uh, I decided to um, get involved with the Connections team, and uh, I quickly learned that um, most of K2 seems to work on, uh, with volunteers, and I feel like I do very little compared to the many people that work here in the production of the uh, the message, the, the music department, the connections team, compassion. So I have a long way to go, but I, I'm happy to be a part a little bit. Okay, so you decided to take a, a practical step um, towards serving. Yeah, I yeah. took uh, your advice to, to serve um, at first. I'm trying to serve every other week instead of trying to do too much at once and make too much of a change. Um, I committed to working in connections every other week. Okay, and so how how did that affect you? Because really what we've been talking about is that this 50-day adventure, whatever you do, whatever step you take, whatever area you address, that it hopefully would lead to a deeper experience of Jesus. So how, how has taking that step and putting yourself in a position to serve affected your relationship with Jesus? Well, I learned that, uh, t- still learning, to, to serve God, they, he calls us to serve other people and you know I'll never be a great preacher like Dave or Dave or Rut or Andy but um, <clears throat> hello up until today he was in my life together yeah. group yeah. and uh, there's Mary too Mary's pretty good so, so um, serving is my weak area because I'm naturally selfish so there's another area right. you could address. Right. <laughs> so uh, when I'm less selfish, things go better for me at work and at home with my friendships and everything. So you've seen your attitude even be affected right. by that? Yes. Awesome. 
Great, sir. Thanks. All right, same question for you. How have, what steps have you taken, and mm-hmm. how has it affected your walk with Jesus? So when I first joined K2, I thought I had to read the whole Bible, and it's just a little daunting. So um, what I did was I got a daily meditation book, mm-hmm. um, which has like two pages of meditation. It has a Bible reading, Bible um, passage in it. So I would read the Bible passage and then do the daily meditation and a little prayer. I mean, literally like five minutes a morning. And it has already, it's like inviting God into my day, into my life every morning. You know, it's coming to church, and which is great, and singing along, and which is really great. Um, but I needed to, you know, living my life wasn't enough to pull Jesus in. I needed to deliberately and almost desperately go out and seek him. Hmm. You know, so it, it was a very small step, but I found myself becoming, you know, closer to God every day and just being more God-minded during mm. the day. Just more aware of his presence, of his Aware of his presence and then, you know, being able to ask for help when I struggle during the day and just a little bit more God-centered, Excellent. just kind of remembering that he's there leading my life. Great. Now, how difficult was it to, to find that time and the discipline to do that every day? Oh, it was, well, I sit down in front of my computer, which I had to consciously not check my Facebook page before I started my <laughs> prayer meditation. <clears throat> Wait, I got to update real quick. <laughs> so, um, but it was, I found the difference in my day as my day went along. It was kind of the difference between eating a donut or a bagel for breakfast, you know. Yeah. I last a little longer with the bagel. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Mindy, same question for you. What steps have I taken? What have you done, and how has it affected your, your walk? Well, um, I actually took a little step in the fall because I'd been realizing that there's never anyone new in my life, that all the people that I really share anything significant with have literally been friends for about 10, 20 years. My and newest friend is six years ago. Just as a reminder, your area of weakness was evangelism, evangelism. sharing your faith. Yeah. Right. Well, and... and um, when I was in college and in my career, you know, as you share your life with someone, when Christ is at the center, it comes up and you have an opportunity to talk about what's important in your life. And I just haven't invested in anyone like that for actually several years. Hmm. Dave takes up a lot of time. I know. He does. Uh, so this fall, this fall, I'd actually joined a neighborhood book club. I thought, get to know my neighbors a little bit. Um, but doing the 50-day adventure, I realized I need to go to the next level and actually initiate a relationship, a friendship, make a new friend, and that's really intimidating for me. So um, I've set a goal that in January I'm going to invite another lady there to, to dinner at my house. Okay. And so how, what has that done in, in your heart, taking those steps? How, how well, hard, how difficult was it? Uh, it gives me a knot in my stomach. To mm. think about inviting someone that I barely know over to the house for dinner. Mm. It just makes... I, and so it, I'd love to say, oh, I have this great emotional high that God's really going to work through this. I am scared to death. Mm. So obviously if I haven't made a really new significant friend in over six years, yeah. I'm pretty comfortable where I am. And yeah. there's a lot of inertia to overcome. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Tell us again what your area was. It was uh, daily practices, regular practices. Okay. And... I kind of like to shoot first and ask questions later, you know, and head <laughs> off and then find out where I'm going. And so um, for me, the other problem I have is just sitting down and concentrating enough. So what I did is I took uh, Dave's uh, practice of uh, getting a daily journal 
available for sale in the lobby. Um, and uh, I, uh, I went, yeah, you bet. Um, and, I, and I would sit down and I would read through scripture each day and go through the soap. Uh, so I would, I would read through when I found a scripture that really meant something to me. I would write it down. I would write some observations on that. Uh, how I could apply that to my life, and then it just naturally led into uh, prayer. Uh, and then I would take that and, and, and own that verse uh, for my day, and I found that if I would just take a moment instead of doing and just be with God, uh, it affected the whole rest of the day. Um, it, I think it was Martin Luther who might have said, I have so much to do today, I need to spend more time in prayer. Mm-hmm. And that was always just very counter to me. I always like, I've got so much to do, I've got to go out and do that. And to really stop and realize the, the days that I did it, and it wasn't every day, but the days that I did it, I was so much more effective um, uh, for God than just going out and doing things on my own power and in my own strength. Luther was a smart man. Yeah. He was German. Yeah. yeah. So God can use a German. It's amazing. <laughs> so... Now, Dave, David is an attorney. I'm sorry I shared that. But, no, that's quite all right. Um, so he's a busy man. I, I know you're busy. You have, you have five children. Four children. Four children. Four children and Mindy. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. well that's why she always says five children. Yeah. That's, why, that's where that came yeah. from. Um, so, so you're busy. How yeah. did you make the time to do this every day? Well, I had to figure out what was my, what was my best time. It wasn't when I first woke up. Uh, that's not my first fruits. It's not when I'm getting ready to go to bed. I found it was when I would go to the office, it was still quiet, and before I would turn on the computer or so that the emails would start binging and all those things, I would turn everything off, shut the door, and uh, spend time then. I, that was my, first, my best time of the day. I was most awake, most alert, could concentrate the most, give God my best. And so for me, it was, it was the morning. All right. How much time would you take? Uh, you know, it, it would probably be about 20, 30 minutes, okay. um, and, um, and then the, but by then I really felt like I was focused and ready to go forward with the day. Great. Awesome. So where do you forego from here with that adventure? The 50 days are over. What's next? Well, I like how Mindy talks about goals. She says, you know, the next 50 days are going to happen whether you do have a goal or not. And so I think it just rolls into a next 50-day adventure and taking it to the next step um, and realizing that there is another level I can take this to. Yeah, just kind of expanding on what Dave says, I have a specific goal for the January book club to reach out to a woman that I've connected with and um, – just ask, ask her to dinner at our house and to share our house with her. And in sharing our lives, be able to, to share about Jesus with her. Um, I think what I want to do next is get actually dive deeper into the Bible and learn how to read it. It's kind of a daunting thing. Um, but there are a couple of books out there to teach you where to start, and I think there's even a course here um, that can take you through the Bible. And so that's one of my, one of my next goals. So for me, there are so many opportunities for service. Um, you know, in Pioneer Park, I've never done any of the missions that we have, so I just look forward to continuing working in connections and and helping K2 grow because it's still a relatively young church. And it's, so for me, it's exciting to be to be part of a new church like this. Thank you guys so much. Let's celebrate them and what God did in them.
Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. This is what I would love for you guys to take away here this morning. One thing is, you know, none of, none of these four guys, you know, became Billy Graham in four, four uh, or 50 days. Or, you know, made huge, giant, uh, took huge, giant steps and in, in, in gigantic progress. It's one step at a time. One step at a time. And just, I just want to encourage you to follow God's lead one step at a time and not get discouraged. And I want to encourage you to stay on the adventure. Let's not take the bracelets off today. I mean, I don't care. Take the bracelets off. But stay on the adventure. Take, it, take the next step. Take it to the next level. Maybe if you feel you've addressed one of the areas then in your assessment, then move on to the next area. And just don't become satisfied and, and complacent. Take one step after another and, and allow Jesus to continue to work in your heart and continue to take you on this adventure with him. And then I just want to remind you that every step you take is worth celebrating. Every little step is worth celebrating because every little step will take you a step closer in your walk with Jesus, will bring you a step closer to knowing him better. And so I want to just invite you now to, to celebrate with us, to celebrate in song. We're going to sing that song again that the band started out with. It's called More Than Anything, and I want to read some of the words to you. It says, you knew us from the start, our every moment. Though we fell apart, you chose to love us, never letting go. You sent your son for us. He came into the world with one desire, to lead us from our sin, remove our failures so we could meet with you and know ourselves as yours. In a world that tries to find a way in itself, searching high and low, looking for a meaning, we will hold to what we know is truth. Know is love. Life is found when we give ourselves all to you, Lord. Give it all, give it all to the one whose life. Give it all, give it all to the one whose life. Give it all, give it all to the one whose life saved mine. And that's what this adventure is about. To give everything that we have to the one who gave everything he had for us.